Welcome back to our live Chisel Chats. These are just a quick 20-minute conversation to provide you with some quick updates on tactics and strategies that you can use in your digital advertising campaigns as marketers ourselves. Um, I'll be chatting um, with a different guest each week to just help you better understand how you can improve your work and you know understand your digital advertising strategy. And excited to talk about today's topic. I think all of us, you know, I've been watching the Euro Cup, so I'm like in the sports mood. Um, so we definitely know the Olympics are coming up. There's been, you know, the Olympic trials um, the past couple of weeks and, you know, the teams are just formulating. So it brings up a huge opportunity for marketers. And today we're going to dig into that topic. So with the 2021 Summer Olympics, you know, just around the corner, um, it's definitely bringing a lot of, you know, athletes as well as, you know, viewers um, to tune in across the globe. And I think this year we have a really unique opportunity um, because digital is really going to play a much bigger part in how users are accessing those games, um, whether it's through connected TV or, you know, online streaming services. Um, so today I'm chatting with Sam from our sales team, and she is a former you know, traditional TV salesperson. So I think she brings a unique perspective. Really just dig into the opportunities for marketers to really help them win on their digital advertising strategies and how they can tie those into the Olympics. So welcome, Sam. Thank you for having me. Well, so before we dig into today's chat, do you just wanna tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do at Chisel? Yeah, so I handle the Northeast for Chusel and previously I was with CBS for about six years. There, one of my primary responsibilities was selling tentpole sports. So while I did not sell the Olympics then, I sold against it for many years. And the excitement that builds around it, I would say is it's hard to compare to any other events. And even though when I sold against it, the the numbers weren't really there. Advertisers just love to be in that in that type of content. Awesome, yeah, and I think that brings to my question to start today's chat off. Um, you know, we're kind of talking about like how marketers can take advantage of the Summer Olympics. So why do you think there is such a big opportunity for marketers, you know, both in a traditional sense, you know, aligning their creative messages with the Olympics, um, but then also on the other side, you know, with digital, like, that opportunity um, to have access to, you know, Olympic inventory? Sure. Well, I think one, the Olympics are really unique because there's a ton of nostalgia around them. They only happen every four years. There's a sport for everyone. You look at American sports fans and it can be very polarizing. You know, some people like football, some like baseball, some like basketball. The Olympics brings together a lot of different sports, obviously. And it's just, it's very... I don't know if traditional is the right word, but there's a lot of nostalgia. It's very much like a, a tradition that people gather, they watch, they follow Team USA. It's also everyone has pretty much one team that they're rooting for. If we're talking about targeting within the United States, you look at other sports, a really good example of this is when the Patriots and the, Phil and the Eagles played in the Super Bowl. The, it was one of the lowest watched Super Bowls ever because not because people didn't care about football, but because those are two of probably the most hated teams in the NFL. So it made people not want to watch them. The Olympics, there's a lot of camaraderie around rooting for your country. Um, also just the nature of 
the time that the Olympics airs over, it momentum continues building. There's a big buildup leading to opening ceremony. Then people continue buying into the events themselves, but also following their favorite athletes as they get through the trials, get through the preliminary rounds, and then really builds that momentum up to the podium and medal awards and ceremony. So it's a really exciting thing to be a part of. And I think a lot of advertisers recognize that they want their brand associated with something that brings people together like the Olympics does. And I think, you know, this year is probably even more of a precedent, you know, with COVID, like how much that bringing together. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of creative messages that, you know, hit those points. Um, If I had to anticipate, they're going to bring together, like the Olympics are bringing people together and, you know, post COVID, you know, we're bringing people together. Totally. The winners? Go ahead. That was just going to say, you're totally right. I think we're coming off of a really challenging year for everyone. People are stuck inside. Sports basically was canceled for a year. There was nothing on television. And now we have a great opportunity for everyone to celebrate something. I mean, we're coming off of the wave of this really once in like a hundred years global crisis. So I think people are looking for ways to be engaged, be part of something, whether you're an advertiser, a consumer, a watch, a, a viewer. Um, I think there's more of a, people are looking for more reason to feel happy and celebrate something. Even if they're not even a sports fan, it's a great opportunity to just be part of something positive after such a negative year. Yeah, that's great. So into my next question, what are some things that marketers should think about when they put together you know, strategies, especially like connected TV strategies around the Olympics? Well, I think first and foremost, the Olympics are just the nature of how it's, how it's watched has changed so much over the last decade. NBC about four years ago started changing the way that they reported on viewership, not just by Nielsen broadcast numbers, but to encompass, um, NBCU, their cable channels, their digital properties. And that really signifies a shift in just media consumption and how people are engaging with this, these types of high profile events. You know, years ago, the only way that you could be part of something like this was to buy a spot in the Super Bowl or in an NFL game or in the, in the Olympics events. But now just with the just surgeons of digital and content and everyone wanting to cover something like this. There's just so many more ways to align your brand and message with an event like this without having to pay for a 30 second spot on NBC. Yeah. And I think it, you know, you bring up a really good point of like, you know, both the different channels of where, you know, you can engage in Olympic content, but then there's also so many different types of Olympic content. Like it can be, you know, live streaming of the events, um, which with Tokyo time, it's a little bit better (laughs) for us Mm -hmm. here. Um, But in the past it hasn't been. And so we've really relied on those like primetime coverage, you know, in the evenings. But then once you put digital in there, like you can pull up any of the, you know, sports at any time and be able to stream them, you know, on your, you know, desktop or, you know, on your, you know, smart TV um, in your home. So it really just 
takes away all of those things as opposed to, you know, even um, I guess the last time there was the Summer Olympics, like it was very regimented. Like you have to, have to tune in, you know, to that cable network um, and see whatever they had, you know, your five options of what was, you know, being shown that day. But I'm assuming there's going to be a lot more sports that we're going to be able to see and a lot more different events um, across many different channels that we can engage with. Yeah, and even looking past the events themselves, I think a, there's a huge portion of Olympic viewers that don't necessarily care about the sports themselves, but are following these athletes who are, they are the event themselves. You look at Simone Biles and how much coverage she's getting and the content that's surrounding her. And like, that's, she's like a celebrity athlete and people tune in to watch her just like they did with Michael Phelps or Usain Bolt or Serena Williams. There's the sport and then there's also the celebrity. And so there's so much coverage around these types of athletes. Um, you look at People Magazine, they're gonna be publishing stuff on Simone Biles and Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe. That content is, you can accept, access that for advertisers. And going back to, again, the transformation from traditional media to digital, back when Mia Hamm was the face of the Summer Olympics for the United States, everything was in print. So an advertiser would have to go to People Magazine or New York Post to insert themselves in that type of content. Now, programmatic allows you to tap into that by athlete. So you don't even have to guess who's publishing something around Simone Biles. You can just align your content around that, that celebrity athlete and programmatic it's instant. So it's not, you don't have to, it's almost hard to compare because print is so slow and traditional media mm -hmm. is so slow, whereas programmatic is so fast. Uh, but all of that content that has shifted from print or broadcast to the digital age just leaves a ton of different inventory pools for advertisers to tap into and really shape their marketing strategy around, you know, what kind of content they want to be aligned with, what athletes, you look at different athletes and who's their follower, you know, who are their followers and what is their, what is that athlete's audience demographic? Is there an alignment opportunity between my brand and Simone Biles fan base? And so there's just a lot of different ways that you can build a strategy around the games themselves, but also these superstar athletes who are just as newsworthy, if not more. Yeah, I guess you bring up, you know, a great question, like of, of the like different tactics you can use. Like, I think we initially think, and that's what we put this whole, you know, chat to get together on is around connected TV. And yes, that is like one avenue. Um, there are going to be, you know, PMP deals that are available you know, for Olympic specific coverage. Um, but there's also a lot of other ways that you can also reach that same audience. Um, and such as like, you know, I think like contextual like keyword targeting where you can, you know, use Simone Biles name or, you know, other keywords surrounding the Olympic games and use that in your targeting strategy to align your advertising with that core audience that is already engaged with that content. Is there anything Absolutely. else that maybe I'm not thinking about? No, I mean, I think you said it and it just makes that, it makes it so much more accessible. Few advertisers have the budgets that Visa does or Toyota or these like huge Olympic sponsors. Very few advertisers have several million dollars to commit to 
building a strategy around this. So all these different, uh, you know, additional tactics that you can leverage just opens up this type of tentpole event to smaller and medium sized advertisers and agencies. Yeah, that's a great point. I think, you know, with, um, you know, increased demand for the Olympic coverage, you know, we'll definitely see increased CPMs related to that as well as like the things surrounding it. So I anticipate like our CTV um, CPMs like increasing, you know, in tandem with how many people are watching it as well as the demand for that, that inventory. But what are some other, you know, I guess like other things that we should consider as we're putting together our strategies um, for, you know, the Olympics? I think there's also, because this year the Olympics are in Japan and I believe it's a 14 hour time difference between New York and Tokyo, a lot of events will have happened by the time the American consumer is waking up. So there's gonna be a lot of news alerts over you know, who has won certain events and a, everything, a lot of events and a lot of standings and results are gonna be available online before they, the event itself airs in primetime on NBC in the United States. So I think with that, it's not so much that you need to bank on everyone getting together and sitting down and watching USA versus France or whatever, but you can craft a strategy around, you know, when are people going to be consuming that content? Is it, it's not just from 7 to 10 p.m. in primetime hours anymore. It's going to be from like 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. People are working, they're sitting at their desk. I mean, I was just watching England versus Germany on my computer while I'm working because it's the middle of the workday. So I think for advertisers, it's thinking of the Olympics as not just a primetime window opportunity, but crafting a strategy around that content and when people are choosing to watch it, um, which could be at 8 a.m., it could be at noon, it could be at 5 p.m. That's a great suggestion. I think we often think of, oh, I just need to be aligned to that one, you know, event. And the reality of one, like the budget constraints of you wanting to be at that one event um, can be very taxing on, you know, some marketers' budgets. But then it's also like, what is the longevity that in message that you want to do throughout the Olympics? That is not necessarily just, you know, those main events, but you want to surround all of it. So think of, you know, those weeks at the Olympics, both before the Olympics start, as well as after, um, tapping into that key audience throughout the whole time, um, because it's going to, your message is going to resonate with the consumer a lot more if you have that frequency, um, that you're not just banking on those big, those big events. Yeah. And this, you know, view, viewers in general are distracted rarely do we see someone watching television without their phone in their lap or without their computer in their lap. So it's really hard to get the attention of a distracted sports viewer. If you can complement your strategy so that, like you said, you're building frequency, you're reaching them on multiple devices, you're much more likely to build that brand resonance and actually see a result from this kind of alignment versus paying however many thousands of dollars for a 30 second ad in the opening ceremony and hoping that people are engaged at that time. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe the opening ceremonies and closing ceremonies are two of the best, but maybe still need to do anything else. But also we'll see, you, we'll see like maybe, we'll see. you know, 
there's some really good um, metal events. Um, yeah, or highlights. I mean, sports are all about highlights. I, you know, Switzerland, my family is Swiss and Switzerland beat France for the first time in history yesterday. I think I've watched the penalty kicks like 20 times <laughs> in the last 24 hours. Uh, live sports and especially live sports that are these temples, people are just watching these highlights. If you, if you read about an exciting outcome of an event, you're not gonna go back and watch the whole event over. You're gonna watch the highlights and the highlights are everywhere. So that's all across the internet. Advertisers can align with that, with that content. And it's again, reaching a super engaged audience who has opted into viewing that content. The likelihood of someone getting up and making a snack or getting a drink during the commercial break of the opening ceremony is far higher than the likelihood that someone is going to search for a specific sports highlights, find that content, and then not watch a 30 second or a 15 second ad before they access it. So it's with digital and programmatic, it's almost, you're pretty much guaranteed to reach a, an engaged audience because that person is choosing to view that content versus linear where not even to get into how unreliable Nielsen ratings are, but you're hoping that people are going to be not only tuning into that coverage, but actually like sitting down and watching it. Yeah, that it's not just playing in the background, especially, you know, I know that's how it happens sometimes in my house. We just turn the Olympic right. coverage on in July and it just like plays for, you know, two weeks and that's great. Mm -hmm. And so much of selling linear television is this idea of appointment television because so little of linear television is appointment television. And what that just really means is someone is sitting down and watching it. When you're actively searching for content on the internet, whether it's highlights or a profile of some files or whatever, that is pretty much as engaged as it gets. Mm -hmm. um, and so appointment television is always a huge selling point of selling you know, live sports on the CBSs or the NBCs, but like I said earlier, we're just, so, we're so distracted. Even if someone is sitting down and watching a full NFL game without getting up and making a snack or checking their phone, um, it just, it's not I how we had, consume, but it's not how we consume information anymore. It's not. And you look no. at how expensive it is to buy that type of inventory. There's just no need for advertisers to be that risky with their dollars these days. That's awesome. Let's end it there. Well, I guess to my last question, do you have any final thoughts or takeaways? It's hard to be, for me to be excited about the Olympics because I'm just still on such a high from Switzerland winning yesterday. <laughs> so like the Euro is my peripheral, but that in itself is a good example of, I was not super invested in the Euro. Like I love soccer, but Switzerland does not have didn't have a team expected to go very far. They've actually never made the quarterfinals in the Euro ever, but now they won this game and I, I can't think of anything else. And the Olympics provides that exact same opportunity for fans, for viewers to either get more invested as the games continue, or if they weren't before, for that interest to pick up based on outcomes, based on you know how their teams are doing, how their favorite athletes are doing. So it's just a super exciting time. And also it's the dead of summer when very little else is on it's happening. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a great point. So, well, with that, I'll wrap things up. We're going to be off next week for a live Chisel Chats, but you can tune in to our upcoming webinar on July 27th on creative best practices. 
We've also turned our Chisel Chats into a podcast. So if you've missed any of our previous shows, be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast streaming service. And with that, bid everyone farewell. Thank you so much, Sam. Thanks, Megan. Thank you.